Hello and welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the comedy podcast that analyzes horror movies. On today's episode, we're going to talk to you about the 2020 film Horse Girl, directed by Jeff Baina and starring Alison Brie. If you haven't seen that movie yet, that's because 2020 was a hellscape and this movie flew way under the radar, so it's probably not your fault. You can stream it on Netflix right now, and you probably should since we're going to spoil the shit out of this for you. And by we, I mean we are your hosts. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Rachel. I'm Mary. And for this episode, I wanted to open by asking y'all if you could just lift one phrase out of context from this movie to name your band. So just like one phrase from the movie, cool band name I call it. What would you pick? Human thermometer. That's what Whoa. I was going to say. <laughs> okay, well then can I go with my number two? Yeah. That was going to be our band name, and then our first album was going to be Dig Up Your Mom. Yeah. With the follow-up album, Just Tell Me How You Got Out. So it's an emo band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you met me? when it's a long name, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking My Fabric. <laughs> or maybe or maybe just fabric mm-hmm. and our album cover would just be that like peach colored fabric with the honeycombing that yeah, looks kind of like it looks kind of yeah. like the tiktok leggings which i am wearing by the way and i have i don't know if they make my ass look incredible i have no way of knowing because i'm not gonna ask my parents <laughs> I would ask my parents. Yeah. My dad would be super offended and my mom would be like, mm, I I could ask my mother. Great. I could ask my mother. I'm just not drunk enough yet. So let's see how, where okay. I am. Maybe at the end of the episode, I'll be ready. Okay. My choice for a band name since Rachel took my human thermometer one is I Can Hear the Future. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like that's more of an album name. Don't you? Like it's Depends. a. Depends. I I feel it as an album name. Like maybe that'll be Hybrid Vigors. Yeah. Next album. Yeah, a long time ago, that's what Mary and I said we were gonna call our uh, our band Hybrid Vigor from Key and Peele because that's what they talk about when people are from multiple ethnicities is Hybrid Vigor. Why don't you name your band Darren from Purgatory? Okay. <laughs> one Mississippi. That's one. That's, that's, that's a good one. Three Mississippi. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's the second that's the second scariest way anyone has ever said the word Mississippi. <laughs> second to every single time Nina Simone ever sang it. Yeah. That's the scariest. That's, right. that's the hardest. <laughs> Anyone has ever said Mississippi was anytime Nina Simone ever performed Mississippi Goddamn. <laughs> it was when Satan said it. No, no, the hardest was when Nina Simone sang Mississippi yeah, Goddamn. After her. And then the right, second. Of course. The second was the time Satan's eyes lit on fire in this movie while he was counting down seconds like a grade schooler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> When she was watching that show, I was like, oh, man, this is, 
Uh, girl, I really hope that this is like a nostalgia thing for you because this bad. It's real bad. <laughs> you know it's not. You know it's just a send up of the show Supernatural, right? I know. But they cast our girl from the craft in it. So that's kind of cool. That's yeah, that's that's what I read too that it's like it's supposed to be basically supernatural, yeah. but it it's it's made like vampire diaries or something. Cuz at least supernatural is like kind of good. So it's kind of like that. Um in that it its convention is not consistent, so it like doubles back on itself and does dumb, confusing stuff. And I think the reason it persisted as long as it did and was as popular as it did is a, it's really a testament to its leads. You know, you had two incredibly charming actors with incredible chemistry. Okay. Um, and I, I, I think that's a lot of a lot of what wrote it through. Uh, not just two, three, in fact, because the guy who plays Castiel is really, really incredible. So. Um, so yeah, you had you had folks who they weren't even necessarily elevating the material. They were just really watchable, kind of like Tracy Ellis Ross at the end of Girlfriends. Like, there's no elevating this material, but you're really watchable. So I'm still here. So, real quick, was this movie scary? That's a loaded question. <laughs> so I did not I did not experience this movie like a horror movie. Almost at all. Like well, it for doesn't me, this was... set up like that until like 20 minutes in. And then it's like, what? oh, like the moment after she pukes and then she lays down and then she's in the white space. And even, that's when it becomes a horror movie. Even then, I don't know. For me, this just felt like a, a drama that had upsetting elements. And, you know, like so often my barometer is like, could this happen to me? So this movie was really upsetting. Again, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say scary. It was just but it was upsetting for me personally because as I think I've shared on the podcast before, I have my own mental health issues and they are at this point it is clear genetic and so it it touched on a lot of personal matters that were scary to me long before the movie existed. But the movie wasn't, it wasn't like a frightening experience to watch. It was also, I think maybe just all the points where I could have been scared. Instead, I was like, wait, what? No, I want to solve it. So instead of feeling frightened, I felt like I leaned in further. There were compelling moments. I was excited, but I felt more engaged. Like, ooh, I want to understand it better as opposed to like, ah! What did you think, Rachel? Um, kind of both. So starting from the beginning, I also agree that I, from an analytical point of view and from just experiencing this movie point of view, I feel like it all did start right then and there. Everything was normal. That was the inciting incident until things got twisted upside down. But same like Mary, but only that like with my family history and someone in my family who who was also schizophrenic, like I grew up always dealing with that fear of it happening to me so that now that I am the age that I am that it, it doesn't like bother me anymore it's something I've already overcome that I just I'm just like yeah <laughs> yeah I know I remember that I didn't it didn't, it didn't get it didn't get me yet though so <laughs> I feel kind of vindicated or not vindicated yeah in a Leaving way those that hallucinations in my rear yeah. view Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, or just or just like my avoidance, you know, behavior. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that... I think it's a situation where the... The premise is very scary. Like, the, the, the central question is very scary. The execution... Yeah isn't scary it's more contemplative i think that some of the execution is scary in the way that until you get until you get to to where she's having what seems to be a mental breakdown you don't know if it's actually happening or not and i think there are some elements to that that are scary so the marks on the wall that was a little upsetting and then like the other clues because the director, you know, they said that they intentionally made it so that there's enough to to believe either or. So I think there's enough elements in it that when you're watching it, and then you're watching this girl stalk this man. Yeah, I think this movie is kind of scary. It's kind of spooky scary. So y'all read it as she was having a mental breakdown? I did, but I know that it's open-ended enough that it, it could honestly literally go both ways i never decided and i again i think that's in part because i because of what i was bringing to the table and watching yeah same. um like the thing that would that aliens are like i mean i guess it's a scary idea i you know i guess it depends on how how likely you believe that is but what is very scary for me is the idea of becoming unwell enough to hurt myself or other people. And I think that's just kind of where I gravitated. Not even that I necessarily decided that was totally true, just that that was the possibility that was more compelling to me than actual aliens. Which, as I'm hearing myself say that, the idea of, like, what if my brain isn't good is scarier than aliens took me away is, um, you know, that's going to be a good conversation to have with my therapist at a future date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, the fact of the ending is the aliens come and take her away. I didn't think that was necessarily any more true than that she wore a giant penis suit. It's not a dream anymore. She goes to get the horse and takes her into the clearing how and the we... movie starts at the ending with looking up into the trees and getting sucked into the sky. Yeah, but even the director, like, Baina himself has said, like, we left loose threads. It's not supposed to be one or the other. That's a cop out on behalf of that director. <laughs> so I, I, I hear what you're saying. That's lazy because is what it is. At the end of I the feel that. I feel that. first viewing, I felt the same. But it was the fact that it's all from her perspective and that there's times when, and I don't know what to call, I don't know if, Mary, you would know if this is a term in film of being like an, like basically the film version of an unreliable narrator. I think unreliable narrator is still a, is still a meaningful phrase to use there, even if technically we're not hearing someone's internal monologue. Mm -hmm. But I think it's still the right word. As far as I know, if you anyone knows better than me, please tell us. Like, we love being we corrected. Because we can't rely on the things that we're seeing because there are times when we're seeing something that we're later told or we, we just know that's not happening. Like when she's having sex with Darren, but Darren turns into the fictional Darren. Or she... the fa- If the movie starts at the end of the movie, right? Like if we... That, that shot we start with, which is true. Like, Mary Kay Unlock, like... 
when we got there at the end, I was like, ooh, satisfying. It is circular. But that means that somewhere in that circularity, she meets Ethan out of order to when we've met him. And I don't recall a point in the story where it makes sense that she had met him previously. Um, which means that at best, our timeline is incomplete. Well, she's getting picked up out of the asylum as well. Like, she has those dreams while she's committed. So that's why he... Like, that's why he re- remembers her and she doesn't remember him. Right, but the, because those events happen out of order, and as she says, this is, this is like looping. Like, it's circling back through itself. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't... It's, she doesn't even believe it's circling back through itself in some kind of rational order, that there may be times that she loops back to her or loops all the way back to... You know what I mean? Like, she, she seems to believe that the time can be whatever they want it to be. Um, the fact that... Ethan tells her he's met her before and then he hasn't and then she's got but then she's back I mean I don't know maybe I'm proving the opposite of my point here my interpretation of it at the time was that if the aliens are here then she's looping back and we're going to get bits and pieces of this and bits and pieces of the next thing or the last thing but that also if she is if it's just if, if it just god if it boils down to mental illness on her part then the the timeline could be just as fragmented and out of order anyway so i reject the idea that this is just mental illness and i know that that sounds like i'm minimizing it but i would have hated this movie if it was like oh all along she was crazy like that would have really pissed me off to have it treated in this way so uh, we don't have to argue about who's right or who's wrong, um, but plot right. wise, I feel like while we're while we're you know really going into this, the chronology that I put together because I believe her, I believe that she's actually seeing what she says she's seeing, um, and the things that are happening to her are actually happening because we see all of the physical evidence that it's happening. Um, like the scratches on the wall, like her bruises, like her nosebleeds, all of that is happening on screen. And then we see at the end that her shoes and Willow are left in the clearing and she's not. So there's no narrator there. There's no one there to see the experience through. The ending, right, of whether or not you want to believe that, she accepts that she will die homeless in the street. And that is dark. Like, that is the scariest part of this movie. Well, here's movie, the thing. Is that she knows what's going to happen. And she's like, it's going to happen. And I have to have to have this happen for, you know, me to exist at all. Because well, that's it's a loop. A, well, here's my question. That, like... So, if she, so you, you're positing that she and her grandmother are the same person as a yeah. result of these abductions. Okay. Okay, because I was going to say, like, well, she's not going into the woods to die. Obviously, she doesn't. She obviously doesn't think she's going to die. She's going into the woods to come back as her grandmother then, presumably, right? Is that is that what you're... But that's going to be, like, the end of her life as her grandma, because she knows that her grandma... Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm understanding Mary Kay's timeline on... Well, it's not my timeline. It's what happens in the movie and what she says happens. 
So it's not like I'm just bringing it. Okay, look, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure that I understand what you are saying, while also acknowledging that if the director himself has come out and said it that he doesn't believe it's one or the other or that's or that it ends that way. And I am with you. I as a director myself, the idea that he either doesn't know or couldn't say which one is true is. No. It's a no. I understand maybe not not wanting to discuss it, but to be like, it could be whatever you want. Then why did you make the fucking movie? <sighs> but I'm just trying to make sure that because I saw it so differently, I want to make sure that I'm lined up, that I've, that I've got where you're, I'm sponging what you're spilling. You know? Okay. But, but at I, the I same feel- time, I feel like he laid enough clues to make it so that, like, we see it as mental illness and Mary Kay's reading it as no I believe her I believe these things are happening to her and I think some of the clues lead to both of those conclusions because even if it is mental illness you know what happens to most of them is yeah they do die on the street yeah unfortunately like that's what happens to a lot of them like people try to help her but look what keeps happening yeah, I also don't think those two things are mutually exclusive because yeah. what about the other crazy guy who's homeless outside of the craft store screaming about Sadako Satellite? Yeah. I don't know about like him. Like that part, she brings that up to in the date that she goes on with Darren. He has no idea. What and, she's doing. Well, I didn't either. I was like, I don't remember that. Like <laughs> the other part, okay, but it seems kind of like your insomnia is blurring everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, like, from the beginning, like, the reason why I I was talking about the inciting incident, like, I remember all of these little seeds being planted in her brain from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. She's living a very normal life of just Mm -hmm. being content with not having a social life, not having a boyfriend being married. Um, And everyone's telling her, well, it's your birthday, like... You should be doing something. So she's like, okay, so I guess I'll try and find somebody. And that causes... We all know that when you get to like a breaking point, especially with mental illness, via stress. So yeah, that Zumba, like trying to find a friend, that was stressful. That whole... Also, that is the chick from The Good Place, right? Who? That's one of Eleanor's friends from The Good Place. I don't watch The Good Place. I'm not. <gasps> yeah, I recognize her. I do not like The Good Place. What? Don't like it. What's not to like? It's. Is it Cheaty? If you didn't like Cheaty, then we're gonna have to break up as friends. No, of course everyone likes Cheaty. No, it's um, oh, okay. Kristen. I um, what's her name? Um, I love her. The main, the the actress. Kristen Bell. I love her, but they give her, Kirsten like, Be- shitty... And anyway, we're, getting, we're Anyway. Yes. So the seeds that I found were the ideas of romance in a social life, heritage, which got brought up by Joan in the very first scene with the... Whatever they call it, which is basically 23andMe. The idea of clones that comes from when she's watching that show and that scene. And this whole movie is like basically stuck like on that one scene with the clones. So she's just fixated on it. And the the fourth one was the um, aliens, which we first get an idea of aliens when she's 
dancing with Darren with that song, talking about spaceship and all that. That's maybe that's maybe that's far reaching. Maybe that's far reaching. But with I see these seeds get escalated via stress, like the romance, social life, the the heritage when she takes up the grandma's dress and then she talks to Gary and then she looks at these pictures and she just gets so fixated on these things that as more stress gets applied with all of these mm -hmm. interpersonal yeah. issues with her roommate getting mad at her with the marks on the walls, the vehicle going missing, it's just she gets further and further away from reality. And she goes well, to what she knows, which is these coping mechanisms and this false sense of reality to the point where she's talking to a doctor and he's like, I anytime someone mentions to her about talking to somebody or bringing up the fact that her mom had an issue when Gary was like, why do you think? She was just like, no, 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 no. She goes to her false reality. The doctor is like, maybe you should talk to somebody. She goes, no, 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 never mind. And she writes him off as being an asshole. So, so here's the thing. I thought about that a lot after I watched this. Because when you, you know, when you have a family history of mental illness, that, that, that's scary shit. Like, that's, that's the kind of, like, maybe I don't want to have kids shit. Yeah. You know, that you could be carrying around. And... I thought so often about the fact that she, first of all, differentiated so strongly between her mother's mental illness and her grandmother's. Mm -hmm. And that there was such differentiation between her and her mother. And it just, it broke, it broke my whole heart. And it was something I identified with so strongly, this idea that, well, my mother was depressed and she, she ended her life. And... That's not what I'm worried about at all. That That's not what's going on here. What I am concerned about is that I am a clone of my grandmother. And this... this Because that's easier to deal with, almost. Yeah, there was, there was this fantasy. sense that it, that it was... it was Yeah, that it... And God, yeah, it's upsetting oh. that that was the more real possibility. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, well, that, that was the comforting or the, the thing she could make sense of was that I would rather be a clone of someone who died alone in the street because then everyone is absolved of responsibility right it wasn't her grandmother's fault it wasn't her mother's fault it was nobody's it was Reagan's fault. fault it was reagan it was the aliens like it was it was but also it look was at nobody's her coping fault mechanism that like this during, happened during, it was and it's certainly not her mother's in particular which which really right. stuck with me and i felt that well look at her coping mechanism when her mom died and she said that that show was such a comfort to her and it's like a fantasy you Yo. know and so then when she meets someone real her first response is like oh my god your name is darren like from the show a lot of people are fucking named darren what do you mean like from the show Wait, hold like, do you know like multiple darrens i i know zero darrens is this a common name anymore or is it was it like I know a common several. you do yeah oh damn hey darrens yeah. darrens friend me <laughs> Like, you know, let's follow each other. I need some Yeah, Darren guys, time. find us some Darren followers. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Talk is soon, that, Darren. Like, she, would, she, she would rather be in this fantasy world than being in the real world. Because that's, it's something what she's always been doing. Yeah, I, I mean, felt like one of her biggest coping, she had two big coping skills when it came to dealing with the grief of her mom and being alone uh, because Gary's not around. Nope. And he, it seems like he is her main parent and he's, 
I really feel like he's an okay guy, though. Like, I really feel like he is solid. I actually feel like all of the men except for Brian in this movie are solid yes. dudes. Mm-hmm. And even Brian just kind of, he just sucks. Like, he's not he's, a bad he, a bad person. He just sucks. Yeah, he, he just felt kind of, like, young and dumb to me. In a way that you're yeah. supposed to be dumb when you're young. But he's but not what I was going to say is to that, yeah, no, he's not cruel to her. He just kind of walks out. Like when when Chase and I were watching this, he was like, "Her that's who's that guy? Well, he can't say hello. Well, he's too good to come in the room and not greet anyone." And I was like, "You just wait. You're gonna look because I'd already seen it." I was like, "You just wait. <laughs> wait till you hear him rap about his poems. One syllable. Just saying, um, poems. That's nope. That's it. That's my band name. Poems." <laughs> P-O-M-E-S <laughs> I almost had my band named Semantics and one of the <laughs> one of the scariest part of this movie was fucking Brian's musical career like he said that his about the whole baker's dozen he doesn't even understand the concept behind his own concept album he doesn't even understand it like he's like it's a concept album like so i so what's the the concept brian he doesn't even know when someone is being this fucking stupid the only thing to do is get dumber oh my god a concept album that sounds amazing can i've I've never even okay wait tell me everything what is a concept album and then just let them take you for the ride and keep yeah just like keep pushing it's like it's like (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes it's the uh, it's the uh what is it from 30 rock it's the like descent to or like it's deeper into the crevasse. It's deeper into the crevasse. That's where I got it from. I know. Yeah. I thought there was some other phrase associated with it. I don't know. I'm mixing my stuff up. But they like, did talk about repelling or something. But like, mounting. yeah, like it's like when someone makes a racist joke and you're like, oh my god, I don't get it, and make them explain the racist joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, remember when Andy was like, he was trying to impress. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Trying to make uh, D'Angelo laugh. D'Angelo, and he was like, "Oh, you started off like a, like a one of those like racist black people jokes." And I don't even remember how he started it, but then D'Angelo walked away, and Daryl's like, "No, finish the joke. Finish what? the joke. What do African Americans call?" And Andy, he's like, "I don't know. Help me." <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> So when someone's yeah. being as stupid as calling a baker's dozen 12 things, I think the only way to go, like, I guess if you're a handsome white dude, then you can argue. But I think the better way to go is to just be like a dumber, hot woman. Or really anyone who isn't a fellow straight white dude, but also hotter. Hotter is valuable, I, you know? It, I mean, okay. Um... <laughs> And then just I don't know. I haven't worn makeup in months. I have no they're just, idea. They just like push the point. Just be like, no, I really. Oh yeah, just I keep just, asking follow up questions until it un- yeah, I'm falls apart. Just, in their hands, I'm mostly yeah. suggesting that all of us who are not Brian's a are hot and b just um, make Brian's feel bad. That's what I want. 
Well, that's what Darren is doing in the moment, but mm-hmm. he's so sweet and sincere that everybody thinks that he's wrong. And they're like, what bakery? And he's like, all bakeries. The bakeries. <laughs> the bakeries. Thing. Bakeries categorically. Every bakery. How many bakeries have you been to? They're like, we've, we've been to we've been to a bakery. That was the like, I have black friends of bakeries. Oh my gosh. Darren um, was wonderful, but can we just acknowledge that he is built and looks just like Coraline's dad? <laughs> How about when they were dancing and she was doing Zumba on centaurs and he was like one of those blow-up dolls and then Brian is sitting down with the roommate like, this is awesome. <laughs> that is the most relatable Brian is in the yes. entire movie. Also, even her roommate, you're mentioning the men in this movie are like good overall. Her roommate, like there were definitely also moments. Also good. Yeah, Nikki. There were moments, yeah, there were moments that Nikki was oh, impatient. Yeah, Nikki. There were moments she was but impatient. Understandably. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, as anyone who is, who is living and dealing daily up that close with someone who is not well. And I, I also think that, while I am more and more intrigued by the idea of like the aliens are the reality, I also think she's not well. The aliens. Well, many things can be true. The aliens may have exacerbated this. Yes, it is. It is incredibly challenging, you know, to be in that in the situation that Nikki's in. But that she is a fundamentally like kind and supportive um, person who also just holds Sarah accountable. Yep, and she shit. pulls together a birthday party for her last minute. And is like, so oh, sweet. don't wear that terrifying 100-year-old dress. Wear this hot one that looks hot on you. Like, that's what friends should be doing. It's don't true. wear a dead relative's scary dress. Wear this backless number that makes you look... Like Alison Brie. Boom. Truly one of the most beautiful women of our generation, I think. Just really, and also really fascinating looking. If I were to wake up, even from just like a small little like party that went a little awry, um, if I woke up with walls damaged that way, I don't think I would have been like, cool, just call call the guy and fix it. I'd be like, no, no, no. What? What happened? How and why? So something I took from that, <laughs> something I took from that that's going to take us back to a was it scary moment was that she says, oh, yeah, you were wild now. And I was like, oh, my God, Sarah may not know how that happened. She may not remember, but they know they woke up. Whatever she was doing that was forceful enough to rip the wall, it woke them up. But they came out and saw it and they were like, what the hell are you doing? But she was so wild that they were just like, screw it. We'll have to talk about it in the morning when she's sober. Because, oh my God! So this this is this is the time I think that we have to talk about sleepwalking and lucid dreaming. Mm. It's very scary. I also don't think that I'm not coming back to that my original point, which we have not even entered yet. Oh, oh. we can. I can hold off, but we will be revisiting it. Oh, I want to. I want to. We're yes. doing it, so I don't care if you want to or not. It's happening. Oh my but thank god. you for your support. Oh my, I was gonna say, oh my god! I, <laughs> oh my 
god. Rachel's just holding her mouth closed, like I'm gonna let her have it later. Honey, we sometimes we fight. It's okay though. We stay friends every time. Yeah, you wanna talk about sleepwalking and lucid dreaming, which was the one of the freakiest parts was her just staring at that wall. Yeah. While Brian went in there and then he almost choked to death on that water. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Classic Brian. Choking to death on some basic water. I love water. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do too. I don't know. It's been a while. We've talked on the show before about sleepwalking, right? Like I've talked about this. Mm-hmm. That I sleepwalk. Yep, in your G string. If y'all don't know this story, it's in, we've talked about it. It's Mary sleepwalks, but she doesn't open doors. No, I do open doors. One of my friends doesn't, but I do. I can unlock doors and walk straight through them. She uh, walked out to the laundry room in her G-string. Is that right? Well, it was a thong, so now I'm starting to think that you're really getting... You're, you're going further with this story than, than it was, but also I appreciate that in a person. I appreciate... When you're like, Mary told a story, it was fine. I'm going to make it good. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, that was very scary for me because since I, I know that I have the capacity to, to do shit with like my full physical strength or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, my mom says that she sleep eats. Bullshit. Yes. No, people do. No. No, not her, though, because she'll always just be like, oh, I ate it. Like, she knows she did it. She knows that she ate my leftovers when there's nothing else in the house. Anyway. Yeah, my mother does the whole, like, stare blankly at you, and you're like, hey, where did my go? She just goes, like, she's thinking about it, but she's clearly not thinking about it. Like, she definitely ate it. And you're like, mom. And she's like, I don't, I mean, it could have been. <laughs> it was it was you it was you you did it you ate you ate the candy bar i got for being player of the game the one time that i played softball and i actually caught things and hit things i had one good Damn, game of my life and she cold. they gave me a snickers i don't even fucking like snickers but i put it in the fridge like this is a special occasion thing and she ate it like the next day i wonder where it went I didn't realize it was special. Mom, I've never caught anything in my life. This was the first time I hit the softball. (laughs) Anyway, I want to go back to the sleepwalking in the movie, which is scary because she's not really sleepwalking. She's being abducted and they're just kind of putting her back wherever. That's what it seems like. That's what's happening to me, too. (laughs) That's what's happening to my mom. And they took the candy bar, too. (laughs) Um, yeah, so about Okay, but technically the, an alien did oh. take my candy bar because my mom wasn't a citizen yet. Nah. Nah. So we hear her realize that, like, we learn it when she learns it. When she's in the, uh, I don't even know if it's an asylum. I don't know if that's what they call it in the movie, but that's what it's made to look like for us, the it's hospital. A, it's a hospital, yeah. With Zanfippi from... Mm-hmm. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, who says, like, I went to sleep in 1995, and now I don't know any of the people that I used to know and all of this stuff. 
and it kind of clicks for her. She's like, oh yeah, you were in my dream and they're, you know, they're abducting us and just putting us down wherever and whenever. Um, which is kind of how I also interpreted the bizarre dream amalgam slash sex because it's two different people, you know? Like I couldn't tell that that was confusing and that was hard to pe- to parse. I about assu- which part I assumed that real. was actual dreaming and that I think is is part of the dilemma, right? Is that it, it, no matter when she's dropped into her, her humanity, she is a human and she will dream and that's just going to further complicate the scenario. Yeah. yeah because yeah, I refuse at- to believe I refuse to believe that Sarah the crafter who's obsessed with her old horse got to sleep with her TV crush. And I don't. Yeah. And I don't think in one night she could make that entire suit for herself and for a horse. That did seem questionable. I think that whole scene that was a dream because she enters into this big white room and we see a bunch of pipes like, I yeah. don't think aliens are making, like, a pipe little maze just for the fun of it because she got new pipes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how, like, things happen in real life and mm-hmm. so they yeah. come up in your dreams? Oh, which gosh. Is- in quarantine especially. And my dreams have been bananas. Well, and also, you know, she sees these people in her dreams. <clears throat> but if her timeline is all jacked up, if our timeline is all jacked up watching this... Then maybe she has seen these people before she dreams about She's them. She's definitely seen Ron or she before doesn't because the first time we see it, she's after her dream. He's walking by the store casually, right. and then he does it again the next day. He must be right. going there for a project or on his lunch break often. Like yeah. she, you see people in your dreams you've seen before, whether or not you remember seeing them. And I, yeah, I've definitely dreamed people that I didn't remember seeing but i recognize them later this is so dumb but like christina ricci i swear the first time i ever saw her in my life was in a dream that can't be true right right like i couldn't imagine christina ricci also she's a famous person i'm sure that as young as we were at the time because we this was back when everyone was kids you know i'm sure at the time i'd seen a picture of her somewhere something and you know internalized it but um but yes i i get that feeling and that's something that because I have really vivid dreams, I have to sometimes like recalibrate myself when I wake up and be like, okay, but some of those people felt really real and they're probably like a person you saw next door one time. Chill out. So I felt both to your point that the insomnia and the time travel travel would have mind melded her so that if she wasn't... If she was able to keep everything straight before, she's not anymore. So that definitely manifested to look like um, possibly schizophrenia. Um, I also think, because this is what I do while I'm exercising, is retrace for plot holes. Okay. Um, That's a good time to do it because you're on that, like, (laughs) well, your body's on the autopilot. It's good for your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost as good as revenge fantasies. Mm, Wait, what was the first thing that you said? I check for plot holes. Like, I replay the movie in my head. 
and try to figure it out why things happen. Um, another good, if you all are looking for how to get through an exercise regimen, revenge fantasies for some small slight that happened to you in grade school and what you'll say about them on the talk show when you're famous. Oh, I do that yes, all the time. fantastic. Yeah, those are another thing to get you My through My favorite one, though, is pretending that I go back in time and I'm still my little kid self, so I seem like a child prodigy telling mm-hmm. the teacher... What do you mean I can't say it's okay after he said sorry? It's not your problem. It's mine, and I said it's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so plot holes, what I was checking for. So what I, what I was working in my mind today in preparation for this episode is, so if she goes back in time and she is her grandmother, who is the baby daddy? What do you mean? Like, like um, Sarah's father. Or her... Mother's father, her grandfather. R- right. Where are the dudes at? Right? That's what I was trying to figure out. Or or many things can be true. Like, it could be a clone situation also. Barbara Streisand is out here cloning her dogs, so yeah. Wild. Did not know that. We'll Google that in a minute. Very true. Um, I've been going into some fucking wormholes lately, y'all, on Wikipedia, just being like, okay, what's this person's miniature dollhouse look like? Like, what? Oh. Just the most random stuff where I'm like, oh, she has a swamp creature coming out of her tub. That's amazing. It's just, Mary y'all. Kay has been showing me updates to this miniature dollhouse, and the parts, yeah. like the tile, or like the, 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 the... It's real tile. The, the, but, um... What do you call it? Like the dial thing, uh, uh, like a platform that the tub yeah. dais, on. The dais. The dais uh, is like made of human teeth. I have never been more sure that the two of you love me than the fact that I'm only finding out now about this dollhouse chat. <laughs> I know you love me because you've never included me in Mary this conversation. Mary Kay sent it to me because of the human teeth. Yes. And I think that's where this started. I don't know how it started, but I'm obsessed with this woman. Her her name is Lauren. Her and her Instagram handle is Southern Gothic Dollhouse. And God. yeah, Mary, I knew you would hate it because I know you don't like dolls, so I just sent it to Rachel. Plus, it had human teeth in it. I like. Okay, here's the thing, though. I do like classic Barbies. Is that weird? That I like no, no other dolls. No, it's not weird, but it's not this. You would hate this. Yeah, I. I I believe what you are saying with your words. I just just wanted to make that little caveat. And I did like American Girl dolls when they were a thing. Like, I liked dolls when I was a kid, which is normal. And then you grow up and you realize how fucking terrifying it is to carry around, <laughs> to carry around tiny dead humans for fun. Yeah. Well, we're doing it, except for sometimes there are no humans in, there are no dolls in the dollhouse, and somehow that is more creepy. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, oh, good, less weird. Yeah. Anyway, the wormholes. Where was I at? Talking about the wormholes because of the plot holes. Yes. So there are no baby daddies in this. And and I know that this is going to sound crazy. I think it was a sort of alien rape in her dream because her DNA won't come back 
from 23 and me or whatever that's because she keeps licking her horse <laughs> yeah no but yeah. I, I see what you're saying that's Mary it. Kay, because like <laughs> if she was a clone like exactly a clone it would just be her grandmother's dna right well yeah and her grandmother right. never submitted to the database so she would just like come back as a person yeah right so i was i was kind of putting together that that kind of dream amalgam i can make it work you know so it's Mm -hmm. not really a plot hole but it also is never really addressed and i get that that's not really the point but i was exercising and that's what my brain does when i have to do that so (laughs) when one must exercise the muscles (laughs) of the body the brain too has no one else gained 45 pounds since the beginning of the pandemic i have gained lots of weight not 45 like me i don't keep track 41 i i already have issues on my own i think about daily i don't need to know the number also mary Kay, you and i are alike in this way and you're like my sister like my my, i was talking to my mom about this the other day where it's like you know you you and i i think i hope i'm not gonna be way out of line here but are, are are women who are just fucking substantial as shit to begin with oh like, i'm heavy anyway exactly like, like i'm our, even in my thinnest I'm exactly heavy. super tiny we just like way more than one might assume looking which also might be the white patriarchy you know the assumptions we make is that's definitely it right yeah okay no it's not like the number that bothers me it's the increase that bothers me and something i've had to kind of recalibrate around is that the increase is also also like has that same relationship to my body weight in the first place because like i mean i hear you like i've had to let go of the idea that like 10 pounds is like a big swing on me because like i i can come there and back in, in a week or two just depending on my my life but i can also you know like I can also get to 20 pounds real quick. And then it's like, Rah! so, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to like be a supportive friend with a similar body function on no, that. No, I appreciate it. And thank you. Cause. And you, I hear everything you're saying and I do appreciate it. Cause you are also just like a phenomenal looking human. And like, I would pay money to look like you just in general. So. Oh, girl, same. Oh, it's good that we look so much alike in the just... first place, then. <laughs> <laughs> Saving us a lot of money. Okay. Speaking of great appearances, y'all, one of... So Rachel posted this picture of her in... Rachel, can you describe this garment that you're wearing? Because it is fantastic. Yeah, so it's and... uh, right now oversized hoodies are a big hit so even if it's in your size it's gonna be like almost to your knees like a boyfriend hoodie kind of thing but it also has it's almost a dress it's almost almost a mini dress dress. it's the same color as the horse girl's fabric and it has and she has that little piece (laughs) and (laughs) it's really cool and it is the perfect color and we are gonna have to post that picture of you on on our instagram i hope that's okay but also if people get confused and they're not listening to this and they're coming to this because we put in a caption it's not a foreskin my i was no it's not a foreskin (laughs) 
I was on a video chat with one of my best friends and I was wearing it <laughs> and, he, and he was like from coming from somebody who is not circumcised I'm just gonna tell you now you look like a foreskin <laughs> I thought it was cute <laughs> so so now every time I wear this and it's very comfortable and walking around the house like here I go Little Miss Foreskin. <laughs> now what I really Little want... Miss Foreskin is the name of our band. <laughs> That's the name of the beauty contest we sponsor. Oh my gosh, that's way better. It's gonna have a song like you're like, here she is, Miss Summer. It's gonna be like, here she is, little Miss Foreskin. <laughs> oh my stomach hurts. Or should I say my scrotum? Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but that brings me back to the point that I wanted to revisit, which is I think that her horse was Sarah's main coping skill and taking care of Willow until, and we don't really know why she doesn't have Willow anymore, but I kind of had the idea that it, was from her friend's um, accident when I, she fell off. I assumed it was kind of a combination effect. That, it, yeah. that that first of all, that was upsetting, and that maybe she be, she stepped away from riding. But that also yeah. horses are expensive as shit. And if her mom so passed, expensive. her mom right. passed, and she didn't. It's it doesn't certainly doesn't seem like her stepfather is still supporting her financially. That she couldn't. She sold. That she sold the horse. Um, which is, I mean, I, I have pets and I'm obsessed with them and I love them. And also none of the animals I have are going to live all that terribly long, um, Mm -hmm. in the, in a human lifespan and horses do. And I, I I think that's an important thing to consider that's, that, that's a creature that's not a a pet. That's a, it's like a companion or a peer like they're. That's why I'm terrified of them, because they can accidentally kill me or on purpose kill me because I accidentally offended them and I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're immensely powerful creatures and having that kind of connection to one for as long as you will, because they will live for a long time is is a really powerful experience. And when we when Mary Kay and I were at the facility where we did horse therapy with the kids, it was a. For me, it was a really like kind of like a sobering and meaningful experience because I don't know. I mean, that's what horses are. That's why we have horse girls. Like horse girls exist because horses are actually yeah. that that impressive. But also writing English, it is a bitch to be in all those correct positions, like to get ready for jump in. That was I wish I had done Western because damn. But also to the point while we're in this scene and talking about, like, Joe and Willow and whatever the other lady's name is, and Emma, that I think every time she's in the stables with them is a perfect example of, I feel like we get her point of view and she sees the things that she's doing as normal and that's juxtaposed with the extreme reactions I feel we're getting from the others that we feel like everything she does, it's like, yeah, she's a little weird, but is she really deserving of these extreme, like, 
abhorrent No, it's, it, it's clear that she's she is unwelcome there. Yeah. Oh, and... she's the most, like, unwanted person I've ever seen on cinema. But it's, like, kind of like how Michael Scott, like, we're not seeing all of what he's doing through, through his POV. It's from very much outside. Yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of like being through the eyes of Michael Scott. It's, like, she thinks what she's doing is normal and totally fine while everyone's reacting, like... What are you doing? Well, and the thing is, I look at that and I don't know. Mary Kay, tell me where I am on this if you have feelings on it. But that's not entirely on her. Like, if you were like, oh, I feel bad for her because her mom passed and she had to sell her horse and stuff. And her best friend was horribly injured in a in a riding accident. So I'm going to let her hang around. And you just never, like, set boundaries or had a conversation mm-hmm. around, like, what it looks like to stay involved in your horse's life. But also, like, you don't own it anymore, so there are certain things you can't... If you never had the conversation, then... Uh, if you had the conversation and it didn't stick, like, you're the one who owns the mm-hmm. horse now, you... It's on you to, to take steps and... um. And I, I, I certainly get the impulse. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. I wouldn't want to have cut Sarah off from Willow, you know, mm-hmm. under those circumstances. Not at all. But I think the boundaries probably would have been real helpful. Like, whoever rides her, you got to leave them alone. Like, that's their experience now. We'd love to have you over any time that you want to maintain her stall or you want to brush her or just socialize with her. But... You can't write her. You can't put on her, right. take off her tack. You can't, like, yeah. Yeah, that's not on her if nobody has told her that she's not welcome. Like, she was she supposed to do read your mind? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do feel like that's one main coping skill that she had for for grieving that has been kind, kind of, like, pried away from her. And the other one that she really leans into towards the end is the crafting. Like, she was yeah. already doing that for her friend who um, who had brain damage and was kind of, like, perpetually 12, but very sweet. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They were, yes. The, no, it was... The um, short-term memory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she had some short-term memory issues. Well, I mean, any kind of traumatic brain injury is going to create a set of symptoms. It, it's always unique, you know? No, I just meant, like, because of the questions she was asking were very, yes. like, yes. that no, yeah. age. It was, it was very clear. genuine and sincere. And, you know, that that's the age when you're interested in crafting. No, and it was yeah. a very, it was, I think that's a good read, especially based on the flashbacks we see of when this happened to them. Yeah. And um, also based, something else that, that stood out to me and I know it's the age of COVID and we don't get as close to each other, but, and also that my personal bubble might be larger than some people's, but their proximity all the time. Like what, even walking down the street and supporting one another, their faces, they were holding hands. Their faces were so close together. And it reminded me of, of like my middle school age friendships where we were just so like that, like even physically attached to each other, just like all up in each other's business all the time. And um, 
And I'm with you, Mary Kay, that like it, I saw that and I was like, God, on the one hand, this is, first of all, they're lucky to have each other still. I, I'm sure Sarah considers herself incredibly lucky to still have this friend with her and, and there and to love on because I'm sure that as she was running up to her, she didn't think she had her anymore. And this is incredibly beneficial for her friend to have this this continuous love and support in her life. Like they are important to and meaningful for each other. Never more highlighted than in the fact that as Sarah finally falls asleep in the middle of what we seem to be on the same page as a very terrifying dream sequence that might also be aliens, she wakes up, she falls asleep and is able to go to blank sleep when she thinks that she is in bed holding hands mm-hmm. with her friend. You know, like that's... It's so, it got my whole heart all messed up. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but I, I, um, I feel that, and even though you can be grateful that that person is still there, it has changed significantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that her, um, I don't want to say obsession because it doesn't feel that strong, but her interest in the crafts definitely seems like a remnant of that friendship but also a coping skill because i mean she's good at it like she churns out those curtains she does she has and this is the most genius thing i've ever fucking seen on her jumpsuit there's a pull tab so she can zip and unzip it her own damn self Mm -hmm. why don't we have those on every dress that back zips that's how you know That's how you know human women got to be involved in this movie. So, for example, this movie didn't have a screenplay line by line. It was an outline. Hmm. And then improvised. Hmm. So you know that whatever the screenplay said, whatever the conversation was, Alison Brie or any other human woman got to weigh in and be like, that's not a fuck. Like, yeah, didn't Alison Brie help write the movie? Well, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't written, written. So kind of. The way we think about it. It was a a tight outline. It was a really solid outline. But the actual dialogue itself was improvised. Which is where you get so lucky to have fucking Molly Shannon, which we can come to. I'm sorry. I know I keep derailing. Mary Kay, you have shit to say. Woo! You were saying. I was just saying that the crafting part is a big coping skill but it also makes her really weird because (laughs) people who make their own shit to people who don't make any of their own shit are weird i can remember having a ball of yarn and knitting in the apartment that i shared with three other girls and every single one of them was like you're like an old lady nerd (laughs) did you also tell them that you were also capable of affixing incredible spangly and gemstone style accoutrement to a bra so that when you belly dance everyone is looking exactly where the fuck you want because that was the first i was exposed to your crafting and i was like this bitch has things to teach me (laughs) wow mary rolling up with the facts oh i don't think they knew about that yet But still, I feel like more people buy those than make them. Yeah. The thing, I'm so glad you had me make my first one. You were like, oh, don't buy one. Like, 
we were, I think we like got like you brought over you some just stuff. Do an old bra and, and we, then add yeah, some shit I brought to a, it. I brought a bra. It and already fits you for sure. Yeah. And then you get to do only the things that you are comfortable wearing on your body. And no, so you you were like, bring an old bra. I brought the bra and you had brought some stuff. And I think we might have gone to the craft store and picked up some like fabric and some some other stuff. Not those flat agate weird jigs no, not that those. they were selling that she knows bled all over. No, but, <laughs> but it was like gemstones and bits of fabric. But you were just like, so and we we fashioned something that I was like, oh, I like this. It feels good. And a lot of the reason it felt good, this is, I mean, even now after my reduction, I still have to wear fancy bras, you know, but like before the reduction, this was, this was way back. So I knew the thing was going to like hold me up and in. And if I shimmied, I don't have to worry about where my shit was going to go. Exactly. Oh, it was, it was so wonderful. wearing that bra. You've been wearing it. You know what it can do for you. <laughs> it was wonderful. So... You know, I, I, I feel like I, I, I feel that I hear you on the whole like, oh, I knitted my roommates that, and that just makes me want to like snatch up the roommates. Also, I've met those roommates and I do want to snatch them up. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Other reasons also, it's not just that. (laughs) If it were just that. Is this a snatch up or a bad snatch up? Bad. A bad one. If oh. it were just the crafting thing, then I would just pull my whole don't it make you feel like three-fifths of a person level guilting. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that, so I do just want to snatch them. But yeah, so I, in conclusion, I think that the horses and the crafting are both her coping mechanisms and what makes her kind of like a sweet misfit. I was so happy. I'm Mary, I know you already said this, but when Darren shows back up the next morning and he's like, I want to ask you on a date, Chase hit me. He hit me on the arm. He goes... It's on shit's creek. He goes. Ah! <laughs> he was so, so excited. I actually didn't say this in the show. I texted Mary Kay and I was like, yo, look, out of context. But I don't think I've felt joy in the past 12 months. Except for the moment when, okay, obviously when Emily had her baby, I would mm-hmm. die for this baby. I would kill for that. I've not yet met this baby, but I would commit murders. Okay, but no one is asking you did to do you, that yet. Did you so. imprint on the I would, I would, I would, I'm, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. And <laughs> secondly, oh, that scene where he shows up in the morning and he's like, hey, I want to, because it seemed so, she was like so obviously like, ask for my number, ask for my number, ask mm-hmm. for my number the night before. And he wasn't doing it. And I was like, is With he, hand hug? I was like, is he just trying to be, <laughs> is he just trying to be gentlemanly because he knows they're super drunk or what? And when he showed up the next morning and was like, I am so nervous, I want to ask you. I was like, <laughs> Like I made bee noises alone. <laughs> I was That's freaking out. There is a bumblebee. That's how I felt when I realized Ethan was a duplass. And I was uh, like, I knew. You didn't I- know? I didn't know until I looked it up. I'm like, I knew I was attracted to you for some reason. Yeah, from you didn't recognize him like from Mindy Project or something. I didn't ever watch that. <gasps> I oh, only wow. you're I only for a treat whenever you do. I only know his brother and um. I, but I mean, it doesn't take I much mean, to be as long as you got dark hair, dark eyes, and a nose situation. Like, 
and like a fucked up like sense of humor and then you know that's all it takes for me um to your point though i felt like ethan the social worker was so sweet to her and mm-hmm. understanding and yeah. at, handled everything exactly right and I felt like that too about Darren. Like when she goes off into mm-hmm. the fucking graveyard, like we're gonna dig up my mom. He's like, "No, I didn't realize it was like this serious. Can we? Can we just? Can we go somewhere and talk about it instead?" Like yeah. he's still being so sweet. And I felt, man, I felt like that about him. I felt like that about yeah. Ethan. I felt and like that about the the nose and throat doctor. I feel yeah. like... And Gary, like, all of these men are just... there, and, and the guy at the pipe store, he's also like, this girl is weird, but okay, yeah, we can... I, I Sorry, feel like Rachel. Darren was the perfect epitome of how other people deal with her. So everyone's dealing with her, and like, yeah, she's weird, but we're going to be polite, and we're going to be polite until it gets out of control. So even Joan hmm. was like, like in, in, in the most extreme sense, Joan didn't commit her until it was just yeah, beyond way, way, way. controllable. And you see Darren kind of, okay, like this is like, they're like making out outside of this random dude's house. She took him to another random man's house. She goes, I've seen him in my dreams. And he's like, red major flag but he's still like okay well let's um let's get out of here he's like well don't you just want to go home just one more thing he's like okay okay and then when it gets out of control he's like listen this is what we need to do this is what we need to do until she was just completely out of control and would not even allow him yeah. to but help but i her. feel like that's really all you can do no I, no i agree for someone else you know yeah. well and i also think that it's such a delicate yeah. It's such a delicate thing, especially as a, mm-hmm. like, you're just, like, a civilian dealing with another civilian. You know, you're yeah. not, like, a mental health professional. They're not a mental health professional. Yeah, I'm not so criticizing choice... him at all. Yeah, no, I okay. know. Like, any choice you make is so fraught because, mm-hmm. yeah. especially when you don't know the system, you don't know where it's going to go. And uh, and I, I hope it's common knowledge. If it's not common knowledge to our listeners, those calls you make are the 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 likelihood of fucking terrible outcomes that you don't want mm-hmm. is so incredibly high for a pretty white horse girl like Sarah they're lower but they're still not great cuz i treated a bunch of pretty white horse girls that probably didn't need to be with me I also treated a bunch of pretty white horse girls who should have been with me a lot sooner. Yeah. And they'd been well insulated by their their family situation or their life from that. So it, it's such it's such a difficult call and I was watching this, I just felt so I felt like Joan was such a guiding star for like how to handle a friend you're concerned mm-hmm. about. You know, she didn't make a call too early. And when it was time to make a call, she made the fucking call and she made it quick. Yeah. 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 She didn't double back. And she also didn't just like back off of her friend. 
she held her and she was there for her and she supported her and she also made the call to get the people involved that needed to be there because she knew she couldn't she couldn't do it. Molly Shannon just how underrated can a person be artistically? Like Wait, who is Molly? Molly Shannon playing the actress who played Joan. Oh, because because yeah. the the name of the like other person who worked there was Shannon. So I thought you were saying right. Molly and Sh- oh god damn it! No, sorry, okay. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon, you know SNL stalwart, incredibly funny. Yes, superstar Super all day. Star. Yeah, so incredible, but also has proven her chops time and again in dramatic work like this and. Just uh, like their scenes together, those scenes opening the movie were another moment that for me was mm-hmm. so sweet and joyful and lovely. Just like hearing them talk about Sarah's life with such, with such warmth and such involvement. Like I never got the idea that Joan was humoring her for her boring mm-hmm. life. Like Joan loved and cared about this person. And I think that's something that mm-hmm. makes this movie really different in other depictions of, uh, from other depictions of mental illness, especially in drama, thrillers, horror, in that the people in Sarah's life care about her. Nikki mm-hmm. may hit the yeah. end of her rope a couple times, but Nikki cares about her mm-hmm. and wants her to be well, wants her to be happy. The men in her life care about her and want her to be happy. They may not always show up at the strength they could, but they don't not care. Like, they want to be a good influence and a good, and to have positive meaning in her life. Uh, I, it allows the story to be the story instead of a story about a bunch of men. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention was I loved the, like, some of the production, like, the sound elements. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of alien, like, alien, how do you say like alieny like yeah music but it was only yeah. like when there was nobody else around so it was almost like she was experiencing it herself mm-hmm. and then when she goes and breaks into great lengths the alarm that goes off is like very like kind of like the cowboy bebop like uh uh drum line <laughs> That was, I thought that was really cool. What a solid reference you've just made. <laughs> no, it is. Like, you're like Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It goes okay. straight into, like, the the, the jazz drum line. And, and, like, with the lights and the, that weird, it was, like, just the experience of it was very, what's the word? Like, disfra- not disfractioning, but, like, disorienting. Which, you know, Mm -hmm. she's in the middle of a fucking breakdown or uh, abduction. Like, there's nothing more disorienting than that, like, in the senses. Yeah, Yeah, no, yeah. This was a good one. I liked this one a lot. Yeah, this was a a meaningful watch for me, if not always an easy one. But also there were so many, because the characters actually cared about each other. And because it was so, so deeply focused on on women and relationships among women i think that made a big difference 
in my experience of this incredibly challenging material. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, for our closer, we'll try to take it light. What's the worst outfit or article of clothing in this film? The backless dress. Really? I mean, it's nice to be Alice and Bree so you can wear that. Also, I can't, so I hate it. I can't look that good in that good dress, so I hate it. Okay, is it worse than the purple granny panties? Because that was my answer. I'm working entirely from spite, so yes. Okay, okay. (laughs) What do you think, Rachel? The mom jeans? Yeah. (gasps) She just pulls them off, you know? God damn it. I don't know. I feel like I was very uncomfortable during... So, like, the her whole ninja foreskin outfit was, like, pretty cool until she took it all off except the hood. That was very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> well, I was how, so uncomfortable with that. How else she would, would she maintain her penis hood? That is the question. That's what we want y'all to let us know. <laughs> Um, what are we doing next, Rachel? We are doing the 2016 horror comedy film, The Love Witch, which as of today, January, what are we, 13th? Mm-hmm. I've been in isolation for two weeks, so it's... Lucky 13! So on, as of now, it is on Amazon Prime Video, and I have never seen this, I but it's... Directed and produced and written by Anna Biller. Um, I don't know this one, but the cinematography is by M. David Mullen, who did the cinematography for Jennifer's Body. So I look very much forward to that. And I read a little bit about this film, and I I think this is going to be good, y'all. If you, I if, think you're going to like it. If you are aligned with your witchy side, it seems like you're going to like it. Yes. Let's do it, homies. Yay. Okay, y'all, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tell two friends and buy my book. Bye. Uh, bye. 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 All right, love you, bye. It's all in the show notes. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Oh, hello there, listener of Everything Trying to Kill You. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Uriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in in Your your 30s. 30s. This is a podcast for people of all ages, all about navigating this dystopian world we live in (laughs) that's right so every monday we invite you into our living room or out into the world on whatever adventures we go on or into our living room for an adventure in our living room (laughs) yeah like having your wife challenge you to a great british baking show style competition in your own kitchen that's right or maybe you know you want to know what it's like to volunteer at a food bank or maybe uh, well you know you want to hear what it's like to foster kittens in the midst of a pandemic that's right super easy but giving cats medication is literally the worst thing in the world (laughs) okay anyways if you want to hang out with us find us every monday hella in your 30s wherever you get your podcast tomorrow's a new day let's order pizza